This is an older gay guy show, and I am your host, Joey Hernandez. I've been a personal trainer for over 30 years, but like you, my life has not yet finished. In fact, my friends, maybe our lives have just begun. Please join me each week as we discuss many topics concerning gay life as we age. Hey, we may be getting older, but we ain't going down without a fight. Ho, ho, ho. Hey, who you calling a ho? Back again, eh? <laughs> Glutton for punishment, are you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Or maybe, maybe this is your first time listening, and hey, if it is, welcome. To my faithful listeners that I love so much, I want something for Christmas. Doesn't everybody? Everybody wants something. But I have something specific. It doesn't cost anything. You don't have to send it anywhere. You just have to force a couple of people, I mean ask a couple of people, to listen to the podcast and try to get them to subscribe. That's easy. Asking. Or blackmailing. You know, six one, half a dozen the other. They're pretty much the same. It all holds up in court. I would appreciate it, though, if you would try to pawn me off on a couple of your friends. I'm just trying to build audience and community, you know? And... I have to use sometimes somewhat desperate measures to do that. So what can I say? Help me out. Give me a hand. It's Christmas. <laughs> okay, I'm also hammering out a new video. Yes, finally, truly, I, I'm being serious. That'll be posted for Monday morning. I have most of the equipment I was waiting for, but I am missing a few things, but you know, it's been such a while and so many of you have been so sweet and have been subscribing to the YouTube channel and adding some very, very kind comments that I, I just can't put it off any longer. I got to do something. But as I'll say in the video, just bear in mind, it is not the way all the videos are going to be. In other words, they shall be better fingers crossed. I wanted to answer a listener's question, and that's actually going to lead me into something important. Now, one of my listeners that corresponds with me fairly regularly, Jerry, asked me which podcasts I personally listen to other than my own, and specifically, in capital letters no less, also asked which podcast my listeners listen to other than me and hey now you don't want to disappoint jerry because he's a very sweet guy and the truth of the matter is that sometimes i kind of get two for one because there's a fair chance that his husband might listen now and then as well so you don't want to disappoint two people, do you? You don't. You know you don't. So send me an email and let me know what podcasts you listen to, and I'll mention it on the air. 
You can make up a name if you want. I don't care about that. You know, keep your identity anonymous if that makes you feel better. So come on, drop me an email. The email address is an older gay guy show at gmail.com. And also, just a reminder that the show has a Facebook page. A bunch of you have been interacting with me. I love that. Unexpectedly, it is called An Older Gay Guy Show. Surprise. Who would have thunk? And just a quick programming note. Today's topic is divided into two separate podcast episodes. The part one of today's topic, which is this episode, is being posted on both an older gay guy show and also my diet podcast called Beginner Diet and Fitness Podcast. The second part, which will be on the air at the end of this week, I think on Friday is when it's scheduled to be out, and that's only going to be carried on Beginner Diet and Fitness Podcast. Because you see, I'm trying to trick you. I'm trying to get you to listen to both podcasts. So shh, don't tell anybody. It's a trick. I know it's going to work. So to answer Jerry's question about me, those of us in the podcasting industry often listen to other podcasts. It makes sense. We do shows, therefore, why not listen to other people's? Mostly, I personally listen to podcasts where I can learn some new information. Podcasts such as the Joe Rogan Experience, the one I probably listen to the most, that has cool guests and discuss a variety of interesting topics, including history, quantum physics, and MMA, which is mixed martial arts. And, I mean, think about this. Barefoot, shirtless jocks beating the crap out of each other. Who could pass that up? I mean, it's so sexy. The blood, you know, not so sexy, but oh my God, I just love it. Those guys are so fucking hot. So of course, you know, if a sport has hot guys, funny how I get attracted to that, it seems. The Duncan Trussell Family Hour podcast is a fucking hoot. He has a very, like, hippie, trippy podcast that talks about spirituality, and he talks about mind-altering substances. Not that I'd know anything about that, but... And also, there's a podcast called Rewild Yourself, and that has Daniel Vitale, who was in the film of The Secret, which was like this big, huge, huge, huge book about 10 years ago, and they did a documentary film, and Daniel Vitale was in that. And he loves to talk about being barefoot and naked up in Maine where he lives, and his penis, it seems, get mentioned quite a bit, even probably more than I talk about mine. <laughs> well, maybe not more than I do, <laughs> But we're kind of uneven, I think, maybe. I don't know. But I do talk about my dick a lot. But he also talks about that stuff as well. So maybe you want to catch that. And the Aubrey Marcus podcast, it's another show that talks about personal spiritual growth 
And I do like to listen to that. And additionally, I listen to podcasts about doing podcasts. And I use these for podcast industry trends and sound production techniques, which hopefully I'm getting a little bit better at. And <laughs> I use it in my own show to try to like make that better. Many, many hours have been spent listening to podcasts during the long hours that I've spent in the gym. That's what I do. Or I use them when I go hiking or just doing shit around my house. I used to listen to music, and now that I'm into podcasts, I have so many that I'm following, I just end up listening to episodes of podcasts. Okay, so now for something serious, and hopefully I am going to get through this. Okay, about a year and a half ago, I discovered a podcast that, for me, was the best of two worlds. The Barbell Buddha podcast is a show about all things regarding weightlifting, but it also includes the philosophies of the Far East and day-to-day -day useful information on life experience. The host of Barbell Buddha is Chris Moore. Now, many times when I've been feeling down or I was like struggling with life and it's inevitable roller coasters of change all the time. We all have a hard time with that sometimes. Chris would do a show, honestly, that I felt he was personally talking right to me. And that really made a difference for me. Chris Moore was one of the founding members of one of the most popular podcasts about lifting that's called Barbell Shrugged. Uh, it's been around for a few years. They do weekly podcasts, I believe. And Chris's most recent episodes on his own podcast, The Barbell Buddha, he spoke of his new experience at age 35 of moving his family to California from Memphis, Tennessee, and he was going to pursue the growing popularity of the Barbell Shrugged podcast and its YouTube channel. He's a married father of two young children, and yet Chris has managed to not only inspire many through his spoken words on his podcast, but he also has several books out that speak about his philosophy of life. The episodes of Barbell Buddha have always been somewhat inconsistent in their production, so I always looked for Chris's episodes, and when I saw one, I would save it for a special time when I was out walking in nature, and I just like to hear his words. They were words of inspiration for me when I was outside and in nature and just the appreciation of the world. This past June, Chris moved his family to Amsterdam to concentrate on his writing, and he announced that his episodes would be very sporadic for a while through the summer, pretty much. And when it came to the point of six months since his last episode, I was getting kind of a little impatient. I figured maybe he was really delayed and more would be coming out in the spring of 2017, at least. But I was sitting downstairs in my gym here, and I was between sets, and Something made me, I don't know why it came to my head. I wasn't even thinking about Chris, 
But suddenly I googled, will Chris Moore be doing any more episodes of Barbell Buddha? And I was stunned to read that on Monday, June 6th of 2016, Chris suffered heart failure and he died at age 35, leaving behind his wife and two children that are under the age of six. And they were left alone in a foreign country and had to figure everything out. The lifting community, as well as casual listeners of his podcast and readers of his profound words, all of us, spiritual and otherwise, we've lost a piece of our hearts that had been briefly uplifted by this beautiful soul. If you listen to the episodes of his podcast, he just comes across as so genuine, so gentle, yet very strong. He's the kind of guy, even though I've never met him or interacted with him online, just by listening to him for about a year and a half or so, it really... He, I, I just wanted to always put my arms around him and give him a big hug because he just seemed like the kind of person that you would do that with. Now, as you know, if you listen to me, I speak slowly and I speak very distinctly. And I do that because I have an international audience. And some of you write to me, you tell me that your English is not the best but you are a faithful listener of my podcast. And, and that really says a lot to me. I, I really appreciate that. And so I always make a point of not talking terribly fast when I'm on this podcast. Chris's speaking style is rapid and at times like very rapid. He drinks coffee. Sometimes he drinks alcohol while he's doing a podcast. Sometimes he, I think he smoked a little weed and he's a mellow guy, I guess was a mellow guy. And, um, he doesn't edit his podcast. Therefore his mistakes or his miswording or his search for the right words, they're all included in the personal and intimate recordings that he's done. So I'm going to ask you to please check it out and give him a listen. I think you would enjoy it. The name is Barbell Buddha, and it can be found on iTunes and other podcast applications. Chris Moore lives on in these shows and in his books. I've ordered a book called Barbell Buddha, The Collected Writings of Chris Moore, and it's actually back-ordered because so many of us that he touched want to keep his words in written form. So we're buying up the books as soon as they're printed. If you enjoy his podcast, words, and his philosophies, more information's available at barbellbuddha.com. Please give it a listen because I think you would really enjoy Chris Moore. Okay, so let's get on to the main topic. My name is Joey Hernandez, 
and this is Holiday Dinners and Parties, the 31st episode of An Older Gay Guy Show. Today's topic is going to be addressed in two separate parts. The first part in this week's podcast is about planning a dinner or party and the dietary concerns you might encounter. It deals with specific foods, but it also delves into my own opinion of etiquette where dinners and parties are concerned. And hey, don't you just love my opinions? They're not always in agreement with what you think, I know, but it's my podcast. <laughs> the second part is coming at the end of this week to Beginner Diet and Fitness Podcast, and that's going to have quick tips for surviving parties when on your diet. And this shall review how to plan in advance so you don't lose control and eat the dessert table. And if you are hungry enough, I don't mean just eating desserts. I also mean eating the table. No, no, no. In today's first part, I'm just in a weird mood today. In today's first part, I've pulled out a section from the old Human Construction Site podcast, which is the original name for Beginner Diet and Fitness Podcast. And this is taken from one of the back catalog episodes. I tweaked it a little, and I'm republishing it as it's no longer available in its original episode form. I make reference a couple of times in what you're about to listen to about going to a, a buffet that evening. And that's what I was doing when I first recorded this, probably two years ago now, I guess. Now, we don't live in Victorian times, and I hope my opinion on correct manners doesn't date me all the way back to then, but... I stand by my opinions on manners. So let's get on to part one, and I will be back at the conclusion. Let's go. And let's talk about dinner parties in general. You'll be having them through the holidays, and dinner parties is an interesting thing because there is this interesting dichotomy between the guest, and the host. And in the past, I always had some trouble with dinner parties because if you are the host, you want to cook things that you're good at cooking and you want to be able to show off your culinary abilities, right? But at the same time, you have to think of what are these guests going to like to eat. And if you are a guest that's going to a party, and you have no idea what's being served. You also don't want to insult your host, right? And therefore, you might be willing to let your guard down a little bit and have some stuff that you wouldn't normally have because you want to be polite about it. And that's where this rocky road happens. Let me tell you something. In, in the Buddhist philosophy, 
Buddha once said, and I'm going to totally mess up this quotation, but it's something along the lines of explaining that even if you are someone that is a complete vegetarian and you don't eat any animal products of any kind, and you go to someone's dinner that they're having for you, and they have animal products served to you, it is actually better in the Buddha's mind, as he gives his philosophy out, it's actually better to partake of those animal products for that one instance, because it's not going to make that much difference to you. You can go right back on being a vegetarian right afterwards, right? It is better to do that than to insult your host by saying, no, I'm not going to eat what you cook. And that is a philosophy that I, I try to live by. But ways that you can kind of get around that problem is whether I'm a host or whether I'm a guest, I always have a phone call with the people ahead of time. Now, if I'm a guest coming to someone's dinner and I have not heard anything from them other than the initial invitation, I will call and say, you know, is there anything that I can bring to the dinner? I'd be happy to cook a side dish that I can kind of show off my cooking abilities, or I can bring an alcoholic beverage. And if it's an alcoholic beverage, what would you like? What would go with what you're cooking? And by opening up that statement, by saying that, you'll get a response from the host, most likely, that's going to give you some idea of what's being served. So you have a slight chance of a dialogue going then about what's being served. A proper host, in my mind, a proper host should always call the guests ahead of time and ask if there's any dietary restrictions for what they are going to eat at the dinner party. And you don't see that a lot anymore, but you know what? That is, that is pretty formal manners kind of thing. That's something that should be done. You should be aware of whether or not you're going to be serving something that your guests cannot eat for some reason. And it may not just be the I'm trying to stay away from animal products thing, but it could be an allergy that will flare up if the person doesn't know what they're eating. So I, as a host, always make it a point to call the people and ask if they have any dietary restrictions. And I will usually run a little bit of the menu by them so that they can have some idea of whether or not they're going to partake of different things. When I do have a dinner party, I try to have a little bit of a lot of different things so that the people can pick and choose what they would prefer to eat. I will definitely have a salad. I will definitely have an appetizer that is primarily a vegetarian appetizer. It might be um, stuffed mushrooms stuffed with herbs and a bread stuffing. It might be a hummus and tabbouleh mix with crackers. I generally try to have the appetizer as safe and as general as possible. I wouldn't do something like a fish appetizer because there's a lot of people that don't like fish. I wouldn't do anything that's heavy in cheese because you may not know whether or not some of your guests are lactose intolerant. It's, it's generally probably something that doesn't come up that often in conversation. So I just try to err to the side of caution and try not to have 
any lactose problems going on with the appetizers because I want as many people to be able to eat the appetizers as is possible. So the salad's out of the way. We've got the appetizers out of the way. When it comes to the main course, I will usually have two, maybe three small amounts of items available. I will usually have a chicken or some poultry dish that's available. I stay away from red meat just simply because I know I'm not supposed to eat it for my heart health. And there's a good chance that my friends are not supposed to be eating it for their heart health. And even though, gosh, yeah, sure, we'd love to have steak, I don't really feel like I'm doing a lot of work to um, try to be heart healthy. So I don't do a red meat as any kind of entree. I would do a poultry dish. I would also do a fish dish, but I would try to make it fairly general in the fishness. And what I mean by that is like in the case of the buffet that's being offered tonight, they have a uh, fresh haddock. Now, if you're a fish eater, you may know that haddock is a very mild white fish. It is one of the least fishy tasting fishes that are out there. I would probably do something safe with that kind of seafood, where if people like seafood and they want the healthy vitamins that come with seafood, it's going to be there, but it's not going to be an overpowering seafood. I would never do catfish or trout or, or something that is so fishy. <laughs> There's no other word to say it. Because for people that want to try a little of everything, they may not like something so severe in their taste, in, in its taste. So I would probably go with a very mild fish thing. And thirdly, I would probably also get some sort of vegetarian main thing done, like the pumpkin and uh, butternut squash that's being offered at the buffet tonight for me. However, I wouldn't, if I did a cheese sauce of some kind, uh, like that butternut squash cheesy sauce that they have, I would probably have it on the side in a little like gravy dish so that that can be added as people want it. But I would also serve it specifically without having that covering. And dessert wise, dessert's a good idea if Someone asks if they can bring something. A dessert is often a good thing to say for someone to bring. However, be aware that you're going to have to eat some of that if they do bring it. So what I would do in most cases in desserts is I would try again to err on the side of caution and do something more along the lines of fresh fruit with a sorbet. Something that's mild, something that's generally somewhat healthy, something that's not overdone with sugar and the it doesn't have an intense chocolate flavor that's going to take out the taste of the other things that are in it. You know, chocolate can be pretty overpowering. So I try to get a fairly mild, fairly healthy dessert. And for most in most cases, I, I really have never had a problem serving that at all. If people bring a dessert, if they want to bring something, they bring a dessert, they bring an appetizer, I would do exactly what I said about the Buddhist philosophy. I would partake of something. I would not say no. It would be rude. And even if I don't like it, I don't have to eat a lot of it, right? I just have to taste it. And with all the other foods that are there that are being offered, they probably don't know how much of their dish that they brought I'm actually consuming. 
So I will have a small amount and comment, of course, on the wonderful taste of it or, or how it's being made or the colors in it. You know, even if you hate it, even if it's the most disgusting thing you've ever tasted, you have to be polite to people. And so you have to find something about that dish to be nice and say, oh, you know, I, I've had this kind of thing before, but never as fresh as it is in this dish. You know, that's kind of a way of getting around saying, oh, my God, I, I hate this. And again, it goes the reverse way, too. If I am a guest and I'm going to someone's home and they have not asked me ahead of time anything to indicate what they should serve, well, it's going to be a toss-up when you get there, right? And a smart host, if they did not have a dialogue with someone coming to their home ahead of time, a smart host would stay away from the extreme flavors. They would certainly stay away from just having fish as a main course. I mean, that's one of the worst things one can do if in a party situation is if you are the host of a party and you don't talk to your guests ahead of time and you have fish as the main course, you are crazy because there is such discrepancy in whether or not people enjoy seafood or not or whether or not they have an allergy because a lot of people have allergy to shellfish seafood. So I would never do that. Never have that as the only option that's available. And I've been to a party. This was quite a number of years ago. And I wasn't the particular guest that had the problem. But there was a host that had seafood only offered. And one of the guests didn't like seafood at all. And rather than try to be somewhat polite and have a little bit of the fish, but fill up on the vegetables and the potatoes and even the dessert if necessary, this person actually said, oh, you know, I don't like seafood. I'm sorry. And this poor host, well, it's kind of their own fault, but this poor host then had to go into the kitchen and try to come up with something for this person to have as their entree. So bad news to try to just have fish, unless you run it by everyone ahead of time and saying, you know what, we just got these fresh clams in and we have some fresh lobsters. We're thinking of doing like a, a clam lobster bake. What do you all think of seafood and do you enjoy it? And try to get a feeling from people of whether or not they would enjoy it. And then it's not obviously a bad thing to cook that as long as everyone's in agreement that that's something they want. And even if they indicate something is something they want, sometimes you have to try to read their minds a little bit because a lot of people aren't going to want to say, oh, no, I don't like that. You have to try to get a feeling from their voice of whether or not that's something that they enjoy. And they're just kind of being nice and saying, oh, sure, I like that, but they really don't. So to save yourself a lot of headaches, even if you were having that kind of clam lobster bake and that was the main thing, I would definitely have other options for people to eat. Even if it was a macaroni salad, a potato salad, an antipasto, a large salad with some cooked chicken on the side that they could toss on top of it. I would try to cover all bases. Now, when you get to someone's house and you are the guest, right? You're going to walk in and there's going to be all of these different foods that the host has cooked, probably. And my suggestion is 
that it's good to taste a little bit of everything, even if it's something that you don't normally have, and even if it's something that will definitely throw you off of your eating program that you've been working really hard on. And again, it just comes down to the politeness and to let the host know that you appreciate their effort and you're going to at least try a little bit of something. And you know, you can, in the worst case scenario, you could have a little plate and put a little something on it and you could be eating all your other stuff and kind of, I don't know, <laughs> you can't put it in your napkin, but you could find a way to dispose of it if you really had to, you know, whether it's a trip to the bathroom or I don't know. There's ways to get rid of food or bury it in other food that it looks like you ate it. Think of kids and how you're not supposed to leave the table until you finish your veg vegetables. So they have a way of kind of moving the vegetables around on their plate and spreading it out so it's not piled together. So it's like, look, I, I ate my vegetables. These are just the little bits that are left over. Well, you know what? You could actually do that with someone's dish too. If you have a small amount of it and you have larger amounts of the other things that you enjoy, you can kind of push that other one around a little bit so it looks like you ate it. Just, you know, little, these little things are what make and break successful parties, successful dinner parties, both as a host and as a guest. You will be tempted when you get there, if they have all different kinds of food and they're all off the diet, yeah, you're going to be tempted. So try to err on the side of caution again and have a little bit of each thing, but look at what is the best there that is the best for you, the healthiest dish that is offered, and try to have a little bit more of that than you would the other things. You know, it's not rocket scientists stuff. It just comes down to being polite and having an interaction between the host and the guests. So I strongly suggest if you're the host of a party, absolutely check in with your guests about food considerations ahead of time and just kind of run the menu by them so that they, they know that these are some of the things that are offered and they can in their own mind say, okay, I'm going to eat that second thing they said and that fourth thing they said, but the first and third, I don't think so. So you, you know ahead of time how to prepare for the food. So it's always one of the most difficult things to navigate when you're at a private dinner party. Because when you're in a restaurant and things are served to you, if you don't want to eat them, you just don't eat them. You know, you're, you're not insulting the restaurant, right? It's too big of a place and you've got waiters and they're not even paying attention to you personally. But when you're in someone's home and they have gone out of the way to prepare something for you, it is only polite that you do take a moment to acknowledge the food, to taste the food. Never, ever, ever say, I don't eat that. Take a little on your plate they don't have to know whether you actually eat it or not, as long as there's other things being served. And if there's only one thing being served, shame on the host. You know, if you're allergic to nuts and their one thing they cook has peanuts through it, you know, peanut sauce on it, 
the host is a bad host for not taking the time to run that by the guests ahead of time and ask if there are dietary considerations because nuts, if eaten by a person that has an allergy to nuts, can literally kill them. And it's the worst thing as a host to, to offer something that has nuts like that without taking the time ahead of time to let everyone know that that's what's going to be in the dish and have an alternate dish for them to have. So this is going to come up more and more as we go through these holiday seasons. I'm going to try to get most of you to not gain weight during this time period. I am going to challenge you to lose weight during the holiday season. If you can lose weight during the holiday season and have lost weight between Thanksgiving and New Year's Day, my hat off to you folks. That would be amazing. And I'm going to try to do it myself. I don't expect I'm going to have a large weight loss, but I am going to have somewhat of a weight loss. And actually this season, I am going to have a weight loss through the holidays if I stay on track the way it's been going. So we'll see how that works out. But meantime, please join me on Friday for part two of this episode which is titled Diet Tips for Parties and Buffets. And that's available only on Beginner Diet and Fitness Podcast. This is Joey Hernandez. Happy holiday season. And more importantly, happy holiday shopping. Bye for now. <music>